Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. I hope you're having a good, good morning. Yes? All right. All right. Wasn't that great worship? Pearl is a blessing. Um, She is standing in for us today and just absolutely blessed that Pearl was here and uh, grateful for her gift. Man, she can sing. And no, when we say she can sing, I I really mean she can worship. Um, I felt the worship presence. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit here. What a blessing it is to have him. And so uh, excited about Pearl being here. I want to just remind you of a couple things. Um, serve the city. We are serving the city this week with uh, what is called a foul weather food program. And so it's our week. We volunteered for a week. And this week looks like we are going to be called upon to make some meals, possibly starting on Wednesday. And so if you're available to um, help us create these meals, if you're available to, uh, or able to donate um, either finances or uh, if you look Online, I believe there's a way you can understand what we need as far as food, but we're going to make meals for the homeless this week and serve our city, which is the heartbeat of Jesus and certainly the heartbeat of our church. And so I want to encourage you to get involved and serve the city. You can do that online and uh, let us know um, that you you can be available to help out. We appreciate that very, very much. And uh, I'm a little offended by the big gut um, statement that um, Rebecca said about the grill and chill to feed our, our big guts, although that may be true. It's not an appropriate thing to say. Okay, um, just kidding. Excited about grill and chill. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys, so be sure to show up. We're going to have cornhole and uh, food. Those are the two things that typically get guys together, so um, it's going to be a great time. We're in this series called Creed, and uh, I felt the passion and the, the burden to bring uh, to to us, the value of understanding why we believe what we believe, why we believe what we believe. There's a a generation of people today that are hurting, that are struggling, that are without God, and they're pulling apart everything that that, uh, was a belief system, was a worldview in our world today. They're pulling it apart, and I think it's uh, uh, okay to do that for the simple reason that if they can pull it apart Hopefully what can happen is we can bring it back together. And, and, and de- if, as they deconstruct, we reconstruct and help them along the way. And so mostly young people, mostly people who are uh, in, in their 18, 19, 20s, 30s, early 30s, they're, they're the ones pulling everything apart and, and questioning everything that we believe or what was believed. And we have to put it back together. And if we don't do that, we're in trouble. I say this statement Uh, We've said the statement often in every sermon so far that if we don't have an I believe, we will have what they believe. Whoever you hang with, whoever you're with, whoever you're around, you're going to believe what they believe because you're influenced by them if you don't have your own belief. And so it's really, really important. We've we've gone through three so far of the creed beliefs of uh, the Apostles' Creed or what we're calling the Journey Creed. And that is the first one is the Bible. I believe the Bible is the infallible word of God that reveals God and his relationship with humankind and has the right to command my belief in God and to direct the actions of my life. That's what we believe about the Bible. The Bible is the infallible word of God, or it is inerrant. It doesn't have any mistakes in it. Yeah, there are things that we can talk about. There are things that 
are challenges. I teach these things in, in my university class all the time. But there are things that, that uh, <clears throat> might call, you, you could call into question about the accuracy of Scripture. But there are all kinds of things that we can know and understand about those things. And at the end of the day, I believe with all my heart that the Bible is inerrant. It doesn't have any mistakes. It is God's word. It's his breathed out word. And he spoke it to us so that we can know him. Journey, creed, God the Father. I believe God the Father Almighty created me unique for his purposes and therefore is involved in and cares about my daily life. I believe in God the Father. He created me and you for a purpose. And that's the beauty of having a father in our lives. Journey creed, God the Son, Jesus. I believe Jesus, Son of God, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, and rose again to be Lord and Savior by grace through faith and has promised eternal life for all who believe. Amen? That's Jesus. Pastor Dwayne did an excellent job last week of telling us why we believe in Jesus, because he loves us, because he cares about us, because he died for us. He lived a perfect life. He, he, he died an unjust death, but a death nonetheless for your sin and my sin, promising us eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Those are the first three creeds. And today we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. If you're a guest of ours online, if you're a guest here, and you're unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit, I get it. I get it because uh, the Holy Spirit has been messed with over and over and over again, not only in the church, but in our world. There's movie stuff out there about the spirit or a spirit or spirits, and you get all kinds of crazy stuff, the, the Casper the Ghost, ooh, you know, and, and just freaking out and kind of, the Holy Spirit's gotten a bum rap from the church and from the, the, the world and the way it's, it's been he's been treated. Um, we've had spiritual gifts that have been mistreated. Spiritual gifts like speaking in tongues or healings or different things like that that have been handled inappropriately and as such, the, the, the Holy Spirit has kind of gotten the bum rap on that deal. And people have, have decided that they're going to make spiritual gifts the, the big thing about the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to ignore the gifts but, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, there's some strange stuff that goes on out there that's get, that is the Holy Spirit is given the credit for, which should never get the credit for. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. Amen? Okay. We say things like, I can feel his presence. I can feel his presence. And people are in, in the room are even like, you know, I don't feel anything. You know, it's a little warm, <laughs> a little cold. It's a little, uh, I like the music. I, I don't feel, what, what does it mean to feel his presence? What does it mean to have a sense of his presence? And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Or he is here. We say that. So we use some Christianese language and we say, he's here. The Holy Spirit is here. And it's like, where? And I'm just being real with this topic because I think it's so important that we understand that um, there are confusing, it's confusing language or confusing uh, responses that we have to what we have grown comfortable with that people don't understand. That people out here, are, are they, they don't have a grasp of what it means to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, we sing a song or we used to sing a song called, He touched me. 
Whoa, he touched it. Creepy. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me. What? Who's touching who? You know, that, I mean, I know I'm being a little bit facetious, but I, I, I do that in, with intention because I think that we have to have an understanding that the Holy Spirit can be completely misunderstood. We, we talk about talking in tongues, speaking in tongues, a gift of the Holy Spirit that I think has been way over-elevated as something so special that it defines who is, who's got the Holy Spirit and who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, who's baptized in the Holy Spirit, who isn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I do believe there's some theological arguments that we need to consider. They won't be considered today. We don't have time for that. But um, tongues has been used as one of those things that has made it kind of weird and strange and uncomfortable. I, and uh, I went through a journey on my own uh, journey of speaking in tongues. And it was challenging. It was frustrating. And I finally just gave up on it, and which was what I needed to do to understand my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I do speak in tongues. Um, I believe that um, it's a very special experience <clears throat> that we can have. I think we have to be careful what we, how we treat the Holy Spirit and how we understand him. Because he is a person. Our attention today is simply this, that most of us are more familiar with our senses than with our spirit. Did you know that you are a spirit? You're a spirit being? Did you know that? We, we have a, a, a body, we have a mind, and we have a spirit. Some would call it a soul. And, and, and we have a connection point. This is why the Bible says that God is spirit. And it's the spirit that we relate to. It's the spirit that we connect to. And I know it sounds strange. If you're in here and you're kind of going, ooh, he's starting to go that spirit direction. I have to because we are spirit beings and God is spirit. And there's a connection there. It's powerful. It's real. It's as real as anything that you can imagine in, in your senses. It's as real. There's a, there's a world that exists that is as real as the physical world we live in. And we must embrace that. We must get in touch with that. But it's a tension because you and I are more familiar with our taste, our smell, our sight, our touch, all our hearing. All the senses are very, very comfortable and we're comfortable with those things. But we haven't become familiar with the very uh, uh, <clears throat> connection point that we have with God. And it, it's, it's complicated. It's difficult. And I'm going to do my very best to try and help us understand this morning that the Holy Spirit is real. That the Holy Spirit is, is there's nothing uh, to be mystified about the Holy Spirit, but there is this connection that we need to have and to understand it. I believe the JCV Creed, the Journey Creed is simply this. I believe in the Holy Spirit who lives in me, is my helper and guide, and empowers me to be, to live like Jesus in all circumstances of life. Let me read it again. I believe in the Holy Spirit who lives in me, is my helper and guide, and empowers me to live like Jesus in all circumstances of life. The Apostles' Creed makes it really simple. I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's all it says. The, the Apostles' Creed doesn't say anything more than that, but the, our, our creed as a church, I believe in the Holy Spirit who lives in me, is my helper and guide, and empowers me 
to live like Jesus in all circumstances of life. Let's make some sense of that. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's known in Scripture as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Advocate. He's known as the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Promise, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Life, the Spirit of Adoption. If you go through the Bible and you start looking for the names of the Spirit, those would be the primary names of of how the Holy Spirit is addressed. The Spirit of God, the Advocate, the Spirit of Promise, all different ways of addressing the very nature of God as by His name, the Spirit of something, or the Advocate, or the, the, the Spirit of Christ, the Comforter. All of these are titles of the Holy Spirit, functions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you look at all of these, you'll find out that there are symbols as well that go along with the Holy Spirit. Not just those names, but there are symbols, symbols like fire. The Spirit is identified in fire, the, the, the burning bush, and the fire that's within that bush is considered the Holy Spirit or the presence of the Holy Spirit. The water, water is considered a presence of the Holy Spirit. Wind is considered a, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows, His Spirit blows, and His move, He moves through our, our midst as a wind. Uh, this was true on the day of Pentecost when a wind blew through the room and everyone was filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. A seal, he's, he's considered a seal. He seals our lives, our, our, our uh, relationship with him. He's known as oil. This was the primary symbol of the Holy Spirit. When they were anointing uh, kings and, and people in the Old Testament, um, they were, often oil was used to pour over their heads as an anointing oil and a, a symbol of God's presence, a dove, when Jesus was baptized and Jesus was brought out of the water. A dove, the Holy Spirit, came down and rested on him. And those are all symbols, but let me make one thing extremely clear. Those symbols are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully God. Those, those symbols are not the, 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 the thing that makes the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's, he's real. He's powerful. He's everything that God is. He's everything that Jesus is. He's everything that you and I have. And he today lives in you and me. That's the beauty of the power of the Holy Spirit is that he lives in you and me. And when he lives in you and me, we can know that the Holy Spirit, the, the power of God, the evidence of God, the, the very nature of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the delivering power of God, the freedom of God, all of those pieces of God or, or, or uh, the nature of God is in us. And when we embrace that and when we understand that, when we begin to take on and, and kind of ignore the physical senses and pay attention to the spirit senses of our body, we will realize that the power of God lives in you and me. And we have the power to be victorious in life. We have the power to make a difference in life. We have the power to do some things that we could never do on our own. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit creates. He was there in Genesis chapter 1 when he was creating the, 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 the heavens and the earth and, and humanity. He's a deliverer. He's a convictor. He's a leader. 
a guide into all truth. He's a regenerator. He's an indweller. He dwells within us. He's a sanctifier. He sets us apart. He empowers our lives. He glorifies Jesus. Wait a minute. If we look at all those things, he's a creator. He's a deliverer. He's a convictor. He's a leader. He's a regenerator. He's an indweller. He's a sanctifier. He's an empower. He's a glorifier. That, those are all nature uh, uh, titles of God. So the Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully the very nature of who God is, is in you and me. I'm going to keep saying that because I believe that this morning, your life, my life is going to be changed. Why? Because we're going to become fully aware that the power of the Holy Spirit is in you and me. He is God the Father in me. He is God the Son, Jesus, in me. He is God the Holy Spirit in me. That's the Trinity. And uh, there's one thing I will never try and explain to you. How that works. The Trinity. If you ever come across somebody, they may have a a deeper understanding of how the, the three entities of God work and the three personalities of God, the the three three characteristics of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, if they try and make sense of that, then they are trying to elevate themselves intellectually to a place you can't get. Because I can't make sense of three persons being in one person. I can't make sense of, of how that all works. But I do know that all three of those Those beings, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, exist in one being. And that being lives in me today, lives in you today. Our lives are going to change because the delivering power of the Holy Spirit is in us. Our lives are going to change because the saving power of the Holy Spirit is in us. I believe that our lives are going to change because the power to overcome sin lives in us. I believe that your addiction can be delivered and you can be set free completely. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. We don't have to be defeated. We don't have to be losers. We don't have to feel like the world is bigger than we are. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Our lives can change. So what does all that mean? In John chapter 14... Jesus is telling his disciples he has to leave. And he's having this conversation with them. And he says, if you love me, keep my commands. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. There's that that name of the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither knows him, or or it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Remember that statement. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Verse 25 in the same passage says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. But Jesus is simply saying, I'm going to send an advocate 
for you, someone who will speak on behalf of you, someone who will care for you. John 15, 26 says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, is to point to Jesus. And so everything he does in our lives is going to reveal the very nature of who Jesus is. And when we get in touch with the Holy Spirit and we let the Holy Spirit move in us and through us, then the only thing that's going to come out are Jesus-like characteristics. It's powerful. John 16 says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. That's the promise of Jesus saying to the disciples, Hey, if you don't understand this, let me, let me make it clear. If I stay here, all you're going to do is run around and follow me in my physical form. But if I send the Holy Spirit, my spirit to you, then you are going to have the spirit in you and we can accelerate the mission of God exponentially because all of you will have the power of my spirit in you. So I have to send the Holy Spirit. I have to leave so I can send the spirit to live in you. How powerful is that? And it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's amazing. And so we get all these explanations of what Jesus is intending to do by leaving this earth and sending the Holy Spirit to live in you and me. So we've talked about who he is, we've talked about what he does, and now I want to say why I believe in the Holy Spirit. Why I believe in the Holy Spirit. First of all, he is fully God. He is fully God. If you and I believe in God, you and I believe in Jesus, we have to believe in the Holy Spirit. You can't separate them. You can't pull them apart. There's heresies that do all that. There's heresies that try and pull the Holy Spirit away from God the Father and God the Son. You can't do that because they're three in one. They're tr the Trinity, and they're connected. And you can't pull them apart. Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit was there at the beginning of creation. God created the heavens and the earth. God did all the creating, but it was His Spirit. Everything that was there was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in that creative process. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, is God. The reason I believe in God is because, in the Holy Spirit, is because I believe in God, because I believe in Jesus. And to pull them apart would be a, a, a wrong thing to do because they're three in one. They're only put together. And it's a powerful reality that we must embrace to understand what God wants to do in our lives. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in us. I believe in the Holy Spirit because He is fully God. I believe He is, I believe in the Holy Spirit because He lives in us. This is probably the most powerful part of what I, what I believe about the Holy Spirit. It's John 14, 16. We've already read it. I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you 
and will be in you. I love that statement. I love that statement that he's going to live inside of me. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? We are temples of the Holy Spirit, and he's taken up residence. That's powerful. He lives in you. Look, look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit's in you. He lives there. He lives there. The Holy Spirit lives here. And, and how, how amazing is that experience to understand that when we, un, when we grasp the reality that he lives right here, it changes our behavior. It changes our way of thinking. It changes because we yield to his presence in our home. And we also have to understand that he doesn't cohabitate with other spirits. That's why I don't believe that Christians can be demon-possessed, because he does not cohabitate with evil. He will not. So when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and he gets rid of all the sin, and he gets rid of all the stuff, and he takes residence in our heart, then he, all we have to do is yield to him and let his spirit take over. It's not a possession. He doesn't possess us so that we start doing things and crazy things and weird things and strange things also that we can be weird. That's, I don't believe in that. I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is a gentleman. He comes in and he, he waits for us to yield to him. And when we yield to him, then is when he takes and takes control and <clears throat> does amazing things through us. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit, because of his spirit who lives in you. And one of the most powerful realities here is that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. That's the most powerful moment in history. He raised Christ from the dead. Do you think that he doesn't want to do things in your life? Do you think he can't deliver you from your sin? Do you think he can't help you overcome the, 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 the challenges you face? No, he raised Jesus from the dead. That was the ultimate. And so everything underneath that, our sin, our troubles, our challenges, our questions, he can fully handle. There's nothing you can't be set free from. There's nothing you can't overcome in the power and name of, of, of Jesus, in the Holy Spirit living in us. He who raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit because he's fully God. He lives in me, and we need his guidance. We need his guidance. John 16, 13 says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. I don't know about you, but I just can't figure out life without him. I know that many of us are trying. Many of us come up with our own answers. The Bible says in Proverbs that there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. I don't want death results in my life. Do you? Let's live in such a way that we allow the Holy Spirit to live and bring life to our, our hearts and our, our, our ways of thinking instead of death in our ways of thinking. We need him to guide us into all truth. We need him to be our leader. And when he is, it's incredible. It's incredible what Jesus can do when you let him lead instead of us lead. Isn't that true? How many have had that experience where you've just done your own thing 
And you're like, oh, man, this is a mess. I just made a complete mess of my life. I, I messed up my finances, or I messed up my calendar, or I messed up a relationship, or I messed up something that you thought you had in control. And then you finally let it go and let God do his thing. And like, oh, this is what it's meant to be. Oh, that feels so good. So good. We need his guidance. We need his strength. We need his strength. I've told this story probably too many times, but I'll tell it again. Almost 18 years ago, I crumbled. I burnt out. I had anxiety like no other. I had depression. And I bailed on ministry because I was trying to do too much of it on my own. And I thought the success of the church I was pastoring was up to me. I can honestly say that I'm pastoring this church very differently than I pastored the church that I was a lead pastor at before. Because I learned that it's not up to me. I have to be obedient. I have to do the things that God calls me to do. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit and his strength in my life and in the life of the church and in your life that makes things happen. Not me. Not me, Ricardo. Not me, the, 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 the experience that I have. Not all of that. I have to every day wake up and say, God, it's all about you. I need your strength to be a leader of the church. I need your strength to get through the issues in my own life. I need your strength to believe for finance. I need your strength to, whatever the case may be, I have to put it all on God because really, he's the only one that has the strength to carry the burden of reaching a community for Christ. He's the only one that can grow our church. He's the only one that can motivate all of us to do the will of God to reach this community for Christ. He's the only one that can motivate your heart. I've been praying all week long, Lord, Holy Spirit, move in each of us so deeply that we can experience you in a whole nother level. There's a unique revival going on right now in Asbury, Kentucky. I'm, I'm not sure if it's Asbury. I'm not sure if it's, the city is called Asbury, but it's in Kentucky. It's Asbury University. And if you haven't heard about it, there's a, a unique move of God happening in this, in this church or in this university. And it's a Christian university that is all based around worship. It's all based around a, 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 an opening of hearts uh, to God. And for the last nine, almost ten days now, it has not stopped. Nonstop worship, nonstop time in God's presence, repentance, everything is just powerful, powerful move of God, all wrapped around worship, all for these young people. I took some notes on uh, one article that I read that I thought was very, very powerful, and I'm, I'm, I'll bring this all back to the Holy Spirit in just a minute. But the unique move of God is often um, <clears throat> not based on uh, just one person's opinion or one person's desire to see God move. But it's God's desire to enter into a culture of people to bring hope and change. And when God chooses to move in this way, he does it uniquely. And in this context, he's doing it amongst young people. 
And this one author or this one professor at the university said, isn't it interesting that this revival is bringing a tangible sense of peace for a generation with unprecedented anxiety? It's a revival, a restorative sense of belonging for a, genera a generation amidst an epidemic of loneliness. It's an authentic hope for a generation marked by depression. It's a leadership emphasizing protective humility in relationship with power for a generation deeply hurt by the abuse of religious power. It's a revival of a focus on participatory adoration for an age of digital distraction. You see, when God moves, he moves in such a way. When the Holy Spirit enters a room, he enters our needs. You see, I don't have the strength to meet every need in this room. I'm fully aware there are broken hearts in this room. I'm fully aware there are people struggling with their faith. I'm fully aware that some of you are financially challenged and wondering where the next payment is going to come from. I'm fully aware that some of you are depressed or full of anxiety, have challenges in your life, way too much for me to bear. I believe in the Holy Spirit because He has the strength to meet our needs. I believe in the Holy Spirit because He's the one that empowers us to reach a world that is lost and dying and needs Jesus. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit because He is fully God and able to create, to do whatever He chooses to do. There's no limitation to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He is fully God. And today I come to you and I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to enter your life so that you can experience Him in a brand new I believe he's not going to meet us in our old perspective of revival. Some of us have had unique experiences in Christianity and very good and great experiences in, in, in the past. Like what one person said about this revival, he's pouring wine into, into, into new wineskins. It's a new thing. It's not the old thing. It's not the Brownsville revival that was focused on the lost or the Toronto revival that was uh, focused on, on, on joy or the Azusa, Azusa revival long time ago that, that there was an outpouring of tongues and, 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 and the use of tongues in that revival. This is a revival of hope, a revival of, of, of uh, releasing people from their anxiety. It's a revival of giving people what they need in this moment. And I believe this morning, and I've been praying this all week, that God would just enter this place and meet you at your point of need. And that he would help us meet our community's need at their point of need. And truly, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's going to be something we don't know how it's going to work. But I believe that we can be the catalyst for an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. If we believe he's fully God, and we believe that he lives in us, and we believe that he, that we need his guidance, and that we need his strength, 
And lastly, that he gifts us or gives us tools to be effective in this world. If we believe those things, then we can affect change, not only in our life, but in the lives of those around us. Are you aware of the Holy Spirit this morning? I'm going to ask you to not put aside your emotions or your senses, but I'm going to ask you to connect with that Holy Spirit move, that touch, that language that we use, that that I feel I'm in this place. I'm not, I'm not going to try and, and, and generate anything because it's not for me to generate. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not a hype guy. You've been around me long enough. You know I'm not about hype. I'm about just having a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. The way I like to say it is that my desire for you is to have a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. Everything that follows that is up to Him. I don't have an expectation of your experience. I don't have an, a, a demand for the kind of experience that the Holy Spirit will bring, give you. That's you and Him. But I do know that you have to step forward and say, yes, I want that relationship. I come with open heart and open hands saying, God, just fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Let me know of your Holy Spirit in my life. And as you do, and as you develop that relationship, he will pour himself into you. Whatever experience you have will be biblical. It'll be full of hope and joy and everything that God brings into our lives. It will be freedom. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We sang about that this morning. And today I want the power of the Holy Spirit to fill you. His presence, his reality the hope that he brings, the deliverance he offers, the strength that he needs to, to, that you need to make it through life. Whatever that may be, he's here right now. He's here right now. He's here right now. God wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. He wants to help you know and understand his reality, how real he is, how true it is, that he is present in this room. He's not only present in this room, but he lives in you. The Holy Spirit is real. And I believe that this morning he wants to touch you in a very real way. In a loving, caring way, not in a creepy way, as we talked about earlier. He wants to just let you know he loves you and cares about you. Holy Spirit, fill this room right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, work in us. Holy Spirit, make yourself known to us. We desire you more than anything. We realize, Lord, we don't have to go to, to Asbury University to experience you. You are here right now. You're fully God. You're fully real. You're fully powerful. You're ever-present. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. And right now, we just simply receive what you're doing in our lives. As Pearl comes back to lead us in worship, I want to encourage you. Right now. You just want to come up and just seek the Holy Spirit. We're going to rest in God's presence for a little bit. And if you want to seek the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit just become real to you, seek that dynamic relationship with 
seek that di dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit and let him flood your soul. Let him flood your heart. If you need to repent and confess sin, come and do that right here at this altar. Right to God. There's no mediator except Jesus. So you need, need to come here and just confess your sin to, to, to the Lord and he will forgive you. And as you do, you'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just cleanse and clean and clear out the junk in your life. I believe he's here. I believe he's doing something unique. And I believe he wants to touch our lives right now. Amen? Amen. Let's just take a few moments. Let's not be in a hurry to get out of here. Just take a few moments and let the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to say some things. that You don't need to physically respond to them, but I want you to respond to God. As I'm just trying to be obedient few guys in this room that are struggling with the addiction to porn and I want to pray for you right now because the delivering power of God lives in you and he will give you strength to overcome and so Lord I pray right now in the power in the name of Jesus that has the power over death hell and the grave that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and I pray for those that are struggling with this, I, this porn addiction that in the name of Jesus, you would set them free and that the power of your Holy Spirit would give them answers to how to defeat every day's challenges of temptations and give them victory in their life instead of losing in their lives. I pray in the name of Jesus for that to happen. I pray in the name of Jesus for that to happen right now. I pray for those of you that, there's a few of you that are lonely. And that loneliness is simply a realization <clears throat> that you are developing the wrong relationships in your life. And just simply being obedient to what God's put on my heart. And that wrong relationships are causing you to feel more lonely than together. And that you need right relationships. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would be able to break those relationships that are wrong for you and that you would get into right ones and that they would help you and give you strength and, and that they would help you to know that you are not alone, that God is with you and that your brothers and sisters in Christ are with you. I pray that in Jesus' name. pray that in Jesus' name. For depression and anxiety that... You need to know that most often our depression or our anxiety is our attempt to carry weight that we're not intended to carry. That's why we're overwhelmed. For those of you that are experiencing an, an anxiety that seems overwhelming, that, that gets you into depression and a dark space, I want to encourage you to offload your burdens right now. Stop carrying the things that are not in your control or that you shouldn't be controlling. That you need to yield to God. I'm not saying it's all your fault. Sometimes that stuff happens for other reasons, but there are a few of us in the room that are carrying things that we shouldn't carry. And as a result, you're having anxiety. You're overwhelmed. You're carrying a weight that is overwhelming you. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that you release that to God. The Bible says, cast your cares, your anxieties on him, and he will care for you. He will carry the weight that you are attempting to carry. 
And in the name of Jesus, you can be set free right now. Right now. And you can get hope and strength and courage to go on instead of feeling like you're defeated every single day. And that anxious feeling will soon be released as you release the burden to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for pouring out your spirit in this room. Lord, thank you for breaking the unbreakable. Thank you for working the miracle. Thank you for shaking the unshakable. We believe for it, God. We believe for a move of your spirit like never before. We believe for an outpouring of your spirit on us so that we can pour your spirit into our world. I thank you and I praise you for that, God. We realize that we are empowered to be witnesses. A whole other aspect of your working in our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in us and, and using us as an instrument of testimony and, and storytelling to our world about you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. As always, maybe there's somebody here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I, I, I understand maybe the picture of the Holy Spirit, but I haven't related even to the work of Christ in my life. And Today, simply, all you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. You can repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I receive that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And today I'm completely justified. I have no more sin in my life because you've forgiven me of it. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I accept the gift of eternal life. I accept the gift of a relationship with you, Jesus. And I accept and receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit into my life today. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.